You are listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. You can find us at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. Happy listening. So um, what we've been looking at in the last uh, number of weeks is uh, drilling into our, our prophetic sense of what 2021 is all about that we need to uh, ready and release our hallelujahs and we need to be building within and without. Um, and in the last two weeks, Colin was talking about uh, the living stones, a profound uh, concept uh, as a member of the body of Christ and also building with him and giving our yes uh, to him. So the, the text that I want to share this morning is from 1 Peter 2, 4 to 9. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, see, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame now to you who believe this stone is precious but to those who do not believe the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall they stumble because they disobey the message which is also what they were destined for but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. There's your ready to release your hallelujah right there. And verse 10, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So as I've said many times uh, throughout 2020, and now we're in the 2021, the new normal is shaking. Hebrews 12, 27, so that what cannot be shaken will remain. So the question I have for you, maybe you've never been in an earthquake zone, but where do you go in an earthquake when you can't get outside away from buildings? So the number one place you want to be in an earthquake is out in the open, away from anything that might fall on you. But if you're in a building and can't get out, where do you go? What do you do? Well, you find a place where you can't be shaken. Uh, and the, the safety recommendations are that you get low and you hold on um, and you, you, you don't move. So you find somewhere that can't be shaken. Regardless of our situation or circumstance, we are called to build on God. We build on God. 1 Peter 2, 6 is actually a, a quote from Isaiah 26, 28, 16. And in the Kalita uh, uh, translation, um, I put different verses together. It expands why we should build on God. So listen to this. So this is what the master, God and sovereign Lord says. Listen carefully. Watch closely and see. I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious 
cornerstone for a sure foundation, firmly placed, a solid granite foundation, squared and true that is safe to build on. And this is the meaning of, a, of the stone. A trusting life won't topple. Faith that is firm is also patient and will not hurry or act hastily. He who believes, who trusts in, relies on and adheres to that stone will not be ashamed, disturbed, stricken or give way in sudden panic. They will be unshakable. We build on God. He's unshakable. We stay close to him and we also will be unshakable. It says in that verse, a, a trusting life won't topple, will be unshakable. Faith that is firm is also patient and will not hurry or act hastily. Unshakable. In this new normal that is shaking, we have an invitation to be unshakable. I tend to stay well away from the, the, the chatter on the uh, Tinder web and um, Facebook and all, all the rest of it, but there's lots of chatter about these being the end times. Now, in truth, these are the end times because from when Christ uh, first came on the earth, that began uh, the period until he returns. And uh, so we are in the end times as we wait for his return. And Christ instructed us to be ready for his imminent return. And I am open to the possibility that these are the end of the end times and Christ could return in our lifetime. But what that should do is that should not make us uh, worry or be fearful. That should make us be urgent about shining our light and letting people know, you know, that this, this, could, be, this could be the end times without falling over uh, the specifics of that. And what I would really caution us against is if anybody is saying definitive, specific declarations on what we're experiencing and how it's all going to play out, I would say hold that stuff very lightly. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about, uh, oh, there's so many millions of people that, that died. In the World War II, 450 million people died, and Hitler was... Uh, as much the Antichrist as anybody uh, has seen in history, and yet it wasn't the end of the end times. So I'd caution you to not let all that stuff distract you, but also be more and more focused on Christ is coming back, and we need to be ready for his return. So let's be looking to him. Let's be distracted by him. Let's be secure and unshakable in him, his hope, his presence, and his life. There, there are three responses as we come to the master builder as living stones, as it says in verse four. As we learn to give God our yes and build within and build without. And the first response is that we want to be somebody. Uh, we are motivated by self-interest and pride. 
Sometimes it could be consciously, sometimes it could be unconsciously, uh, but we're, we're motivated by what's in it for me. And we're looking for validation based in insecurity and a lack of wholeness. It may be that we're looking for a platform or we're looking for a position or we're looking for a piece of the action. So we, we uh, first response is we want to be somebody. The second response is that we do not want to be somebody. And that's, it's just as unhealthy. Uh, and we're also motivated by self-interest. But this time it's a kind of inverted pride. Uh, it could again be conscious or, or unconscious. And we want to hide uh, maybe because of shame or fear of, fear of failure or fear of man, etc. But it's also based on insecurity and our lack of wholeness. So we deflect and we distract and or we demean ourselves in a vain attempt not to be seen. And in my observation, it is the most common response in the body of Christ, the master builder. I, I don't want get, to get, just get out of shot. I, I just, I just I want to hide. I want to avoid the fact that he's asking me to do, do something because I'm not worthy of it. Uh, but there's a dance uh, and a reflection. This position, I have a sense by the spirit. Uh, he gave me this phrase, an insidious canker. And its effects are devastating on the body of Christ, being a living, vibrant house, temple, and sanctuary for the God and the, for God and the activity of the Spirit. For it's the Spirit that brings life, John 6, 63. And in case you're in any doubt uh, as to the severe, severity of that phrase, insidious canker, let me just break it down a wee bit. Insidious is defined as proceeding in a gradual subtle way but with very harmful effects so in in our profession we would talk about glaucoma being an insidious disease because unless you have the acute form you just don't know you have it and if you ever did realize that you were having eye problems it would probably be too late and all we would be able to do is give you treatment that would slow down the rate at which you lose your eyesight insidious Canker is defined as a malign, which means evil in nature and corrupting influence that is difficult to eradicate. Insidious canker. When we don't want to be somebody, when we deflect, distract, or demean ourselves in a vain attempt not to be seen, it becomes an insidious canker. And the effect of that is there's a gradual subtle harmful effect on the body of Christ it's evil in nature and it has a corrupting influence that is difficult to eradicate and it makes the body of Christ weak and incomplete if you think of the the the, the visual image of the wall the dry stone wall there there are uh, stones that just aren't holding up the wall they should and the, the walls collapsing or there are actually no stones there because they're they're not in place we are destination disciples, and our destination is full measure Christianity, like Christ in maturity and ministry in spiritual health and wholeness, Ephesians 4, 11 to 13. Let him have his way. We need to reject 
and repent from these responses and respond biblically and correctly to the master builder's invitation to be built by him and to be built with him. So the first is response is that we want to be somebody. The second response is that we, we don't want to be somebody. The third response is that we want to be his. I think that, that would be a fantastic epitaph on a, on a tombstone. It's just his or his. That's all it is, just his. And that says it all. Uh, we want to be his. We want to embrace death to self, not death of self, but death to self, the, the soul dominance, uh, its ways, its wants, its agendas, whether we want to be somebody or we want to be nobody. Because we are living stones, his living stones. There is only one you. Yes, I'm looking at you. There's only one you. It says in, in Psalm 139, uh, verse 14, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. You were made. You were made by him. You were chosen for this by the master builder. It says in John 15, 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to bear fruit, fruit that will last. You, yes, you were made for this. You were made for this. To be part of an unshakable wall, part of a spiritual house, temple, and sanctuary. The destination disciple journey is a journey of the process of the process. And any one of us that has been on this journey for any period of time could testify to the fact that we have experienced and applied those three responses in our lives. And I have t-shirts aplenty. And in, in truth, uh, some of them I am not at all proud of in how I responded. We need to reject and repent and keep after being his. So let me tell you a story about the late, great George Grindle. He was a spiritual uh, father to me. He was a Presbyterian uh, minister and director of the Kingan Mission, which is the mission in the Presbyterian Church to the deaf community. And very early in, in our relationship, he told me this story, which I, I have got to say put the absolute fear of God into me. Uh, the the King and Mission uh, was not fit for purpose, it, its premises. And uh, God spoke to him and, and said that, you, you, you know, you, you need to uh, look at finding a, a new place. So he, 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 tells, he told the story and he said, uh, so God said to me, I, I need to do this. So I said, no. So I, I didn't know George that well at that time. I was thinking, that's, that's a bit... Serious. So then he goes on, and he was a great storyteller, he told stories often in a very uh, straight face. So he said, so God spoke to me to again, and uh, I said, no. At which stage I was starting to feel a little bit sick in my stomach. Uh, I was feeling tense, my stomach was starting to nod up. And then I thought, here's the punchline. So he goes, so then God spoke to me the third time. We've all heard the story, these stories before. God spoke to me the third time, and I said, no. At which stage I wanted to move away from him in case he got hit by a, a bolt of lightning. 
And he said, so you could summarize it by, you know, that uh, verse in the Bible, here I am, send somebody else with a straight face. I am, I am, oh my goodness. So then he goes on to tell the story that uh, sometime later, John Wimber came to town. This is 1985. And John Wimber was doing a ministry session and he was giving words of knowledge and he was telling people to go to different parts of the, uh, the, the hall. It was in the assembly buildings in the center of Belfast. There were thousands of people there. Uh, so people were queuing up. And as, as George Wood, he, tended, he held back. So he was the actual last person in the queue to go to where people were looking for direction in their life. And as he stood at the back of the queue, he heard the audible voice of God, which said, I have told you what to do. And he looked around and there was nobody there. And he realized that it was the voice of God. So he then chose to respond because he was convicted uh, the way he should have responded in the first place. So that was 1985. In 1990, the new King and Mission in Botanic Avenue was opened at a cost of £575,000 that George had managed to raise uh, by going around the Presbyterian Church in Ireland and, and, and giving people a vision of this. And uh, when they said it wouldn't be possible to do it because it just wasn't enough money, uh, he, he, he built it or enabled this to be built £575,000 and lots of money still in the bank. It, it was a, 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 a amazing. Um, the invitation we have is conditional on our response. I would never recommend, never recommend George's application of God asking him to do something uh, for two reasons. Uh, the number one reason is that that initial set of responses is marked by rebellion. It's marked by uh, disobedience and it's got insidious canker all over it. It's just, it, it's just not a good response. But also the second reason is that God has chosen us and calls us to do things. But if we don't respond, he may actually uh, close the window and, and go after somebody else. Now, I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about when he's asking us to do something and, and we refuse the invitation of what he's asked to do. He may give it to somebody else. So we got to commit to the journey and bring our stuff anyway. As George demonstrated, bring our stuff anyway. If we are convicted, we repent and we just press on. We pre present ourselves to him as his living stones and spiritual sacrifices, as it says in verse four. Those two phrases come together in uh, one of the core passages for, for DCB, Romans 12, verses one and two, in the, in the phrase living sacrifices. Uh, living stones and spiritual sacrifices, living sacrifices. Let me read from uh, the Kalita translations of Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. So therefore, I appeal to you, plead, beg, and urge you, beloved brothers and sisters. Here's what I want you to do. With eyes open wide, in view of God's help and marvelous mercies, Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God, surrendering it as an offering. And present your bodies, consecrating 
and dedicate him all of your cells, set apart for his service as a sacred, living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, and well-pleasing to God, experiencing all that delights his heart, which is your reasonable, rational, logical, intelligent, true, proper, and genuine expression, act, and way of spiritual worship. When you think of what he has done for you, is this too much to ask? And the translation goes on, so listen to these words of truth. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture and the standards of this world and this age that you imitate and copy its behavior and customs, its ideals and opinions and fit into it without even thinking, squeezed into its mold. But let God remold your minds from within. Do not conform to the pattern of this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. Instead, be a new and different person with a fresh newness newness in all you do and think. Fix your attention on God and continuously be transformed, reformed and progressively changed by the Holy Spirit in the way you think, by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes. As you mature spiritually, you'll be changed from the inside out. Embracing. What God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Let me repeat that part of the verse. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. This will empower you to be able to test and approve. So by testing, you may discern, determine, and prove for yourselves from your own experience what God's will is, his good, pleasing, acceptable, and perfect will, meeting all his demands in his plan and purpose for you. God brings out the best out of you, develops and moves you towards the goal of true, well-formed maturity as you live a beautiful life satisfying and perfect in his eyes this this journey is not about self-fulfillment this journey is about self-sacrifice so a personal story uh six months after we started the church in with with small groups Hillary and I were in Italy and we were going down the motorway and as we went down the motorway there was this a massive uh, edifice on on the hilltop and because we weren't in any rush we thought well let's check this out and it was a place called Loreto now we didn't realize that it's the it was the first shrine to Marian worship and it's the place where uh, Mary's house allegedly uh, uh, was transported from uh, Palestine brick by brick uh, and, and is in that that site it's one of the uh, uh, very important pilgrimage site for the, the Roman Catholic Church. So as we walked uh, through these incredible buildings and these incredible churches, 
the Spirit uh, spoke to me very clearly, uh, from which I have never recovered, uh, marked me profoundly, and he said, this is what man can do. Let me show you what I can do. So what I, the question I have for us is, what could happen? What could happen if we simply surrendered with all our stuff to the master builder for whom all things are possible, whose ways and thoughts are so much greater than ours and always seeks the best for us and for mankind. And let me just make it a little bit more specific, uh, personal, but yet specific to our community of faith. What could happen in DCB if we simply surrendered with all our stuff to the master builder whose ways are higher than, than our ways and always seeks the best for us and for mankind. Let's abandon and surrender ourselves to the master builder. Let's give ourselves just to be his. You have been listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. Remember to check us out at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk and have a great week.